committee meeting here at Alfresford for the 6th of April. Um, two bits of housekeeping before we start. Please, we're not expecting a fire alarm test, so if the bells do ring, please end, exit through the double doors and assemble on the grass circle. Uh, please make sure your mobile phones are switched off. Oh, 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 oh. I think mine's on. Oh dear. Got caught out this morning at site meeting. Right. Great. Um, yeah, we are recording the uh, meeting, so councillors, please make sure your microphone is switched on before you speak. Uh, Adam, do we have apologies for absence? Uh, there's apologies for absence from councillors Mills and Freeman. Thank you very much. Um, just note a welcome back to councillor Lachlan um, from her recent illness, despite her best efforts to absent herself again through injury, but uh, she's here. <laughs> okay. Um, any declarations of interest, members? Councillor Fairhurst. I'm the Town Council of Southern Walden, um, Planning Committee. Oh, we've got one Saffron Warden one, yeah. Thank you very much. Um, okay, the minutes of the previous meeting have been issued. Is it your wish I could sign those as a true record? You'll look at it. I shall do so, thank you. Now, any matters arising? Page 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Oh, thank you very much. Okay, the first item on today's agenda is... Item 4.1, which is application UTT 153782, an application for full planning consent at Great Chesterford. And Mr Theobald will take us through the presentation. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Members saw this site this morning, and I don't intend to be too detailed on the, the brief for the application. Um, suffice to say that uh, the site was described as per this location plan where we have uh, certain topography which defines and also um, assists the application proposal and it's the uh, district crematorium where uh, there's been a justification of need statement uh, put in by the applicant to demonstrate that there is both a, a quantifiable need in terms of both the catchment area for requirement uh, to uh, go more than 30 minutes drive from North Huttlesford to the nearest crematoriums which are at uh, Cambridge City and also Pandon Wood in Harlow and that's been uh, shown by various um, data sheets put in in submission uh, to show that uh, there is this need for further crematorium um, at the north end of uh, Huttlesford and it's been proposed that following a, a detailed site strategy search that this would be the most appropriate location in terms of first of all the linkage to various population centres but outside of a settlement close to the Stumps Cross interchange M11, uh, A11 and also uh, to do with uh, the topography. <coughs> now this is the site uh, that was shown to you this morning and uh, Brief description, the access point would be here where members walked up to the point where it's on a plateau just before it falls into a dip here. And this would be the, the circular uh, road round the visitor parking areas here 
and then you come through to the, uh, 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 the main building. The service area uh, is down to the bottom here. In terms of the, and this would be a floor which would be building here. In terms of landscaping, you can see that it would be proposed to enhance by, by means of a, a berm or uh, bunding, uh, which is mounded gradually around to here and then tapers through to natural landscape here. And similarly at the top end here, which would protect uh, views from the, uh, from the north, from field farm and field farm cottages. There would be a, a balancing pond here as part of the memorial garden area. And uh, there would be some uh, fencing here to screen the service area. So when we look at the uh, illustrations, this is a typical aerial uh, perspective. And this is taken uh, from the immediate north side of the boundary, looking southwards back down to the Stumps Cross Interchange. And the Field Farm Drive access road comes along here with uh, the access point slightly uh, to the right. So that gives an idea of the setting of the proposal. And this is another uh, view. This is now looking uh, east or southeast um, from Field Farm Drive. And you can see the main building with this uh, canopy. Uh, I forget the expression, begins with C, but uh, it's, uh, anyway, that's where they, they come in. And then you've got the service area beyond this willow fence. And this is the, the floral tribute area here. So that's that and another one looking directly from the uh, walk-in from the customer car park. And this one, again, sort of showing the, the details of the building. Uh, this is the elevational treatment. Uh, the building uh, would have a maximum height of 5.7 metres. Uh, that's excluding the chimney, which, uh, as you can see, is a very low profile one. It would be 6.3 to that. The footprint would be approximately 375 square metres, <coughs> excluding the uh, porch chair entrance. And the external treatment would be standing seam roofs, uh, monopitch mainly, and vertical cedar uh, cladding and uh, off-white render for the walls. This is a detailed plan showing the various component parts of the building. Um, I won't go into detail as to what they are. I don't profess to be an expert in these matters. But uh, the main seating area here, uh, waiting room which is here, uh, and then various other uh, small rooms, and then reception, general office here, and the, the, main, um, the main sort of uh, processing uh, area here. Um, this, is the, this is the floral tribute building which I mentioned um, has that sort of uh, contemporary feel to it and it's a low profile building uh, this is the um, enclosure for the, the gas tank um, area and as it was mentioned uh, asked by the chairman as to the means of powering up the uh, uh, the building would be by um, LPG. 
and this is showing the, the site, the building in profile and I've uh, shown this to you because it, it puts it into <coughs> landscape context. I did show you this one as well. This is taken from uh, the northern end of the, the site. This is the hill that comes down to Field Farm Drive. This one here, sort of similarly, slightly sort of rotated. This one, as I explained to members at the visit, was looking from Field Farm Drive towards across the field to <coughs> the building and with the, uh, the rise uh, agricultural land to the east. And this one, which is the section uh, from probably Field Farm Drive, I guess, traversing across to Field Farm, that is the building there. Field Farm Drive is there. This is Park Road up here, the limes. And in terms of uh, Vista, the, uh, the hill would provide uh, shelter to the building, which would be in the natural dip uh, before the road. I think, yeah. Uh, just on the quantifiable need, this is the 30 minutes map which has been produced by the applicant. And you can see by the brown areas, this is an overlap of drive times. Uh, obviously, we are uh, here. Uh, green is the existing crematoria, 30 uh, minute drive time. So uh, this is where there is this um, conflict here and this is the uh, argument put forward by the applicant. Again, just a view of the, the site in profile. And uh, just for uh, housekeeping, these are various views taken. This is from the drive up from Newport to Stumps Cross, so you're approaching from the, uh, the southwest, uh, and it would be... Um, in here, this is taken from, uh, so that's taken from the Walden Road. This is the, uh, from Newport. This is uh, from uh, the the west, and this is looking across again. I, again, I think that's that's it, Chairman. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Theobald. Uh, we have uh, two speakers on this application, and the first of whom is Andrew Jones. Oh, I do beg your pardon, Mr. Jones. Wait your turn. Councillor Redfern is uh, registered to speak. That's a brownie point lost. Um, Councillor Redfern, you have five minutes. Thank you. Um, thank you, Chairman, and um, thank you for coming to visit the site this morning. It was really, I think it was really useful for everybody to um, see the actual context of uh, the location. Um, I would like to point out, as far as the parish councillor concerned, and myself actually, um, <clears throat> we know this is outside the village development lines and uh, feel we should point that out. Although having said that, I'm not sure it's something we would particularly want within the um, uh, settlement of Great Chesterford in the immediate village. Um, we really appreciate that there is a need for a crematorium somewhere in Uttlesford and we, are, we, we appreciate we, have, um, we are well located and it is miserable when you do um, lose someone and your choices are to go to Barhill or Harlow and actually you have the service and everyone then um, goes off to the wake while the family go to the crematorium and they can be gone for getting on for two hours before they're actually back with a 
um, rest of the people there for the uh, wake. So we are accepting that this is very much needed in, in our district. Um, but I would like to just make a few comments. Um, so basically, we're, we're supportive of this. You'll hear from the residents um, they, that live closest to this that they do have some concerns about the access, and I'll leave them to talk to you about that, which is why I did ask you to walk up there this morning, even though you were trying to get back for lunch. Um, so I was glad you walked up and had a look. Um, we would like to make sure that the archaeology is a key um, part of this application because we are, as you, as you will know, Great Chesterford is one of the oldest Roman settlements and apparently, according to this, there's um, possibly a Bronze Age cemetery there. So um, could be uh, double-decking. Um, and um, the, other, the other thing is the lighting that the residents had concerns about, hopefully... Um, they can be assured about that. And um, I have been um, told that um, this is a piece of infrastructure and not normally um, considered to be part of uh, a 106 agreement. Um, but we as a parish would like to request that perhaps attached to this could be a contribution towards a cycle path. Um, it was pointed out to me this morning that people don't normally cycle to funerals. But having thought about it a bit longer and the fact that we do have a train station in the village, um, there is a memorial garden there and also the floral tribute area. And I do think that there is a possible, possibility that people may well decide that it would be nice to um, cycle out and have a look. Um, so if there is a possibility of us having some um, financial contribution towards the cycle path, um, that would be very much appreciated. But um, although we like Great Chesterford how it is, we do appreciate that the whole of Uttlesford would benefit from, from this. So we are supported, supportive of it. But I think we do need to. We are asking for a small consideration, bearing in mind the fact that this will have quite a dramatic effect on probably what goes on within our village as far as um, uh, the pub and the hotels and what have you are concerned it will bring in extra people which is great for the pub but perhaps not so good for us as residents so a bit of a contribution to our cycle path would be greatly appreciated and uh, I will take up no more of your time thank you thank you councillor <clears throat> our next speaker is the aforementioned Andrew Jones thank you afternoon um, just so as you understand uh, where we are, we are located at the end of Field Farm Drive. So you'll see three properties. Thank you. So you have all the residents here represented, um, and I'm speaking on their behalf. Um, we, we wanted to make it clear right from the very start that we um, aren't really supporters of a crematorium on our doorstep. Uh, we are concerned... Uh, both in terms of what it would do to the value of our properties, but we're also concerned in terms of our families. We, we all three of us have um, young families, and seeing you know, hearses and death and grief on a, on a daily basis really doesn't really appeal to us at all. However, we are three houses, um, so we are realistic in our expectations in terms of what we're likely to, what we're likely to get out of this. But what we want to get across to you is our significant concerns regarding the access. 
So the access there is at the moment, I think it was referred to earlier as a, as a plateau. I, I, I would absolutely refer to it as, as the brow of a hill, not, not a plateau. Uh, our preference was for access via the roundabout at the end of Field Farm Drive, so effectively the Stumps Cross roundabout. That was our preference. Um, I, I understand that's probably not possible. Um, but second to that would be the first gate in Field Farm Drive. That would be our preferred access, so as there isn't the need to travel all the way along Field Farm Drive in order to get access to the, to the crematorium. A um, couple, of, couple of reasons really. One, we feel it's dangerous, that, that it is on the brow of a hill and you'll see people tearing up and down that road on a regular basis, um, delivery people going backwards and forwards to the farm and, um, and uh, agricultural vehicles as well. So we're concerned from a safety perspective and the closer it is to our properties, to be blunt, we're concerned about what that means to the value of our houses as well. Um, uh, the final point that we would, we would make really is just the increased traffic that this is going to bring to our sleepy little road um, and the fact that we're likely to get held up and the traffic will be significantly increased on where we are today. And um, I think that covers pretty much all that we wanted to say on the subject. So just to be clear, access is our major issue, assuming that this is going to go ahead. Okay? Thank you, Mr Jones. Thank you. Um, the final speaker is, on behalf of the applicant, Richard Evans. Thank you. I am the Managing Director of Westerly Group. We operate 22 crematoria and a similar number of cemeteries across the UK, caring for over 30,000 funerals a year. We have a proven track record of developing and managing crematoria, often in partnership with local authorities. We do not make speculative applications. We spend years looking for the right sites to build and only in places where there is a genuine proven need. This is a particularly clear case here in this part of Usselsford. Our plans have been welcomed by local funeral directors and clergy particularly complain of a long journey to Cambridge, the nearest crematorium, together with the associated delays in being able to arrange a funeral there and the conveyor belt experience they face. The location we've identified is in a calm and tranquil setting. It is remote from most residential properties, but close to the population it intends to serve. In planning law, crematoria are regarded as a special case. Numerous appeal decisions confirm that new crematoria have to be built in the countryside, and the last 40 to be approved have all been away from settlements. But we really do feel we've found a unique spot here, discreet, highly accessible, but still in a wonderful natural setting. All of the existing landscape features will be retained, apart from the very few trees needed for access at the site entrance, with more trees and hedgerows planted as we create a parkland setting for visitors. We do, though, understand the concerns of our neighbours, and the position has been amended since the public exposition um, to ensure that it best uses the contours and does limit impact. The building will sit neatly into the natural slope of the hill, screened from all neighbouring properties, and able to offer the privacy, which is so important to bereaved families. 
It has been designed to respect the rural character of the area with a sympathetic and contemporary form that blends into the countryside. Only a fraction of the site will actually be developed, and in our view, it is a perfect place for families to come and pay their respects to those they have lost. Just four or five services will be held on average each day, outside of peak traffic hours. Highway officers agree that there will be no significant increase in traffic and our proposals are acceptable, offering direct access off a major junction onto a very quiet road with ample capacity. The crematorium will be fitted with the latest mercury abatement equipment, the most sophisticated in the world, to ensure that all the cremations benefit from this filtration with any emissions effectively clean to air. Furthermore, there is in this case considerable scope to enhance the ecological value of the site and save over 340,000 vehicle miles off local year roads by the provision of a more local facility. Bereaved families deserve better choices. Cambridge Crematorium is one of the busiest in the country, holding many more funerals than it was originally designed for, leading to long delays in being able to arrange a funeral there, and when you do arrive, finding a rushed and congested environment. This is the view of local funeral directors, clergy and residents who support our plans, having experienced the problems first-hand. We believe we found the ideal place to finally provide a local high-quality crematorium for local residents so they are able to grieve in quiet surroundings without impacting on others. Many thanks. Thank you, Mr Evans. Right, members, it's over to you. Any questions, comments? No. Right, OK. Um, sorry, Councillor Lodge, didn't see your hand go up there. Thank you. I was a tad late. Um, I think that, that, that overall we, uh, the district needs it, and overall I very much uh, uh, support this. Um, it's never absolutely the right place, but I think, uh, I think it is a good place. Uh, just one comment, which is not strictly a planning issue, but uh, I found that when we see artists' impression, particularly computer-generated images, they, they, they rather tend to uh, flatter what, uh, what we're going to get, and the end product is, uh, is often worse. Um, I do, I do hope that's not the case here because from the impressions we've seen it's actually plug ugly and if it gets any worse than that God knows what we're going to see. Um, can any pressure be put and we have the representative here to make something which is significantly more visually attractive. Uh, uh, one comment I would make about that of the elevations on the screen there, <coughs> they're coloured to show a difference but cedar goes silver after a few years so uh, with the aluminium roof and, the, and the, so it will tone right down. You won't see that as a, a long-term effect and I doubt that that's the true colour of the timber and it goes in place in the first instance. Any other comments? I've got an um, observation. Um, Mr Jones referred to uh, the traffic disruption. I would hate to see, um, if this is approved, traffic progress for crematorium purposes progressing past the entrance. So I'm wondering what highways um, signage we could employ that might deter um, people from going further up the drive. Um, I don't know if that's anything that we can... Clive, thank you. Well, just to say that it's not included within the application, but um, going through the various previous application uh, supporting details uh, there have been uh, on appeal um, conditions uh, imposed by inspectors for crematoriums relating to signage to assist uh, funeral cortages etc to the site and therefore avoiding that the only thing I would say um, well first of all um, 
uh, county highways haven't raised any objections on highway grounds. Uh, they haven't made any comments regarding um, any potential signage opportunities, uh, neither have um, Highways England. Um, it is possible to do, but of course it would be um, because it's, I think because it's a, um, it, it's a commercial enterprise uh, rather than a, a local authority signage that it would be subject to um, express consent under the advertisement regulations and therefore it would have to be um, either something that might be able to be imposed or probably, I suspect, something out of the, um, the remit of this planning application, discussions with county highways to see what potentially could be um, allowed uh, were uh, an advertisement application to be submitted for consideration to this authority. Okay, thank you. Um, Councillor Lockham. Thank you. Well, I just might not have been able to see it, but I've got gammy eye. Um, is there a garden of remembrance uh, there at all? I couldn't see it on here. And I wasn't actually at the site visit this morning. Sorry, can I just confirm? And that would be a place where ashes could be scattered, is it? Yes, it is. Uh, I was making inquiries with the applicant uh, uh, for the, the site, mem member site visit uh, today, and certainly there is that potential. Um, I've been informed that uh, whilst plainly um, uh, ashes could be scattered um, on the grounds itself, and of course that's either after the services or at any other time when um, people feel they, they want to do that. Um, but uh, on average, it, I've been told only about 5% um, of crematoriums uh, are actually used for um, scattering of ashes because these days with uh, people wanting to, to um, scatter ashes elsewhere, by choice they can do that. There is that opportunity. Yes, there is. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Just very briefly, um, one of the speakers, representatives of the residents around there, asked if we could reconsider the entranceway being where we, where we convened this morning. What is the implication of moving the entrance to that place? It seems to me if we can afford them a small amount of advantage we're worth doing. Is that for Clive? Um, well, yes, I mean, it would, I think... Uh, require actually um, uh, amended drawings or possibly a new application because it would be a material change to the application proposal as you see it today and I do understand the residents concerns as to why they wanted it uh, put further down to the, the south of the site um, I think it was a question of putting it um, as far away from the Stumps Cross uh, junction as possible but not to interfere with the uh, topography to the northern part of the site and that was deemed to be the optimum place that it should go. Just 
just to mop up a few things, I mean, in terms of the access, you are considering what's in front of you, so we can't, and, and in, in, there has been some, there was public consultation before the application was considered, and, and the, uh, the, the applicant has, has alluded to that. I would also pick up the issue about the signage, and I would actually slightly go against what Clive said. You can't put a condition on about signage, because it's different legislation. I mean, when I was a, a younger planner, I got caught out on doing that. You can't put a, a condition on a planning application relates to express consent. But we need to see this in context. Um, it's likely, well, it's inevitable, that there will be signage to this naturally on the road signs in terms of going to Wattlesford's crematorium. That will be signposted probably all the way from Newmarket, probably. And so that, that's that first point. When you get back onto the site, the actual um, the crematorium, if it is approved, would have its own uh, deemed consents for, for signage at the frontage as well, so people will be doing it. What we're trying to avoid is people missing the entrance, but I don't think that's going to happen once, they've, once the crematorium has, has put forward its own signage in terms of it. And finally, I will pick up what Councillor Redfern said earlier in when she was um, referred to as Section 106 requirements to contributions towards uh, the cycleway. Under the SIL regs, the, the develop, any contributions towards Section 106 has to be related to the development. And although that's a very important project that's going on in Great Chesterford, I don't think a crematorium can justify the provision of a 106 contributions towards that. Having said that, uh, there is nothing wrong with the parish directly appro approaching the, the crematorium once planning permission is granted for that to be, to be that to consider. And that does happen in terms of separate in, in discussions between developers and, uh, and parish councils and doesn't get clogged up in the planning system. So I would actually say we can't actually do that because it's under the seal race, it wouldn't be compliant. Okay. Any, uh, Councillor Fairhurst, yes, please. Sorry, Mr Chairman, I'm still not quite clear. There seems to be a very strong argument for moving the entrance, and doesn't seem to be any major reason for not doing so. We were there today, and it seems much easier to get there. The entrance already exists there, and it would certainly make the lives of the residents a bit better. Surely we should consider this. I think it's an issue. I, I'm not saying that at the end of the day, I, I think everyone's agreed we need a crematorium, and the, and the sighting seems to be appropriate, but shouldn't we at least look at the, an alternative entrance? Has anybody got any firm views on that they want to express, members? No. Um, my view would be, um, wherever the, my, uh, it's the concern I expressed earlier, wherever the entrance is along there, you want to try and prevent or deter people from going past it for whatever reason. Um, so, uh, betwixt and between, really, I, I, I can't see that, um, I mean, we did drive up there and we did go round the roundabout in front of the cottages. So we, um, we were aware of that, and, and that's my concern. I didn't want people having to do that on a regular basis, albeit that the services period is 10 to 4.15 each day and not at weekends. So there are relatively few services, as far as I can see, to, in, in order to cause um, uh, regular disturbances to the access and, of, the, of the residents. Um, so I, I can't see that we got much uh, leeway there in terms of, as Mr Brown has pointed out, this is the application we had to determine. So um, that's, that's for us. Yes. The other thing I was also going to say, although you've got um, funeral parties, funeral parties going to it, 
the funeral directors will know where they're going. It's just an extra one of three or four uh, crematoriums that they will be going to. So I don't think that issue of, of making the journey that we made this morning is, is, is I'm not going to say it's never going to happen, but it's unlikely to happen. And I think the issue, I can see that, I can see the resident's point. If there was, if there was, if they didn't have an access situation which wasn't appropriate and the only way you could go out was to do exactly what we had to do. We had to go up to the top of the road to turn around to come out. That won't be necessity for anyone attending that funeral. It's unlikely that we'll almost it is almost certain that no one will miss the access to the site so I don't think the, the issues about it so I don't think it is something that we could possibly reject it or defer it in terms of in terms of trying to get a better access I think we've actually would, achieved that would the signage application come before us for decision if, if it if it requires a directional sign to it but I would say quite a lot of the signage will be picked up by the general road signs anyway because the county have a rule that you have to have certain visitors to a site to actually have that so you may have some express directional signs submitted to us if the crematorium requires that um, and if they want to do more signage than they normally can do under, under deemed consent you can do quite a business can put quite a few signs on their own premises without requiring any consent but any signs on that entrance I would say wouldn't need to come to us there would be signage to be put forward so what you're saying is they could put very large bright signs up which would be out of character um, rather than something discreet. Well, they're not so. large signs. They could put up signs. No, no, no sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I was trying to get to was what control is there of the signs that could be put up on the roadside at the entrance? On the, within the advertisement consent, there are certain sizes. I'm not going to rehearse what those no, sizes no, no. are, but there are certain sizes you can go up to um, on a business premises to actually advertise the premises. And so, so that, that you can have without requiring express advertisement consent. If you wanted to go above those sizes, then they, they, they would need to be submitted to us as okay. advertisement consent. But I'm sure there would be signage on the site. Yes, undoubtedly. Sorry, Councillor Hicks. Uh, thank you, Chairman. Um, I'd just like to say that I um, was very impressed with this site for, the, for its purpose. I can't imagine a. Um, really a much better um, site wherever one goes. Inevitably, whatever site you uh, select, there are one or two people living nearby who are going to not be best pleased. This is in the nature of things. And um, while I do sympathise with them, I think there are, they are few in number and they would agree that uh, um, this is a question of the greater good and, um, and so uh, I would uh, wish to propose that um, this um, planning application should be approved. Fine. Thank you. Does that find a seconder? Oh, John, uh, Councillor Davies seconds that. Thank you. Uh, there are no further comments then we'll, we'll go to the vote. So we have a proposal to approve the application subject to the conditions as listed. All those in favour please show. Against. That matter is uh, approved. Thank you. <coughs> Item 4.2 on the agenda is application UTT 153661. It's an application for full planning consent in high roading. And Mrs. Jones, you'll take us through the presentation, please.
this application relates to a former mushroom site of 1.2 hectares located in High Roding with access onto DB 184. The principle of the change of use to provide a development comprising 31 dwellings, 12 affordable, the demolition of the existing dwelling and the formal, former mushroom, which are now industrial units, and the creation of six allotments was considered acceptable in planning terms by the planning committee under application UTT 131767FUL. This application seeks a design change in respects of plots 18, 20, 24, 29 and the mission of plot 19 to facilitate development of land to the south of Meadowlands, improve the approved layout and to facilitate changes arising as a consequence of the diversion of a footpath. The proposed changes are minor in nature. Plot 18 involves an alignment to the boundaries to the rear garden. Plot 19, which was here, is omitted to create an access which would serve the dwellings proposed under planning application UTT 153663FUL. Plot 20 um, was for an alignment of boundaries to the rear garden amended, um, which is here because um, there used to be a footpath going across here so the boundaries just moved further to the north and in plot 24 there was a visitor parking space here which has been omitted um, and the replacement space is included in the development of um, to the rear of Meadowlands um, taking into consideration the extent planning permission and taking into account the section 106 undertaking for financial contributions for affordable housing, financial contributions towards primary and secondary provision, provisions of allotments and open space, the application is recommended for conditional approval. Thank you Mrs Jones. Uh, we have no speakers registered for this so uh, members it's over to you. Comments and questions please? We have none? Okay. Um, we have a recommendation from the officers that we could approve this application. Does that find a proposer? Thank you, Councillor Chambers. Do you wish to speak? No. Seconder? Councillor Riles, thank you very much. Um, we'll go to the vote on this one then straight away. All those in favour, please show. Unanimous. Thank you very much. That application is approved. Item 4.3 on the agenda is UTT 153663, an application for full planning consent, again at high roading. And again, Mrs Jones will take us through the presentation. This application relates to a site of 0.8 hectares, which forms land to the rear of Meadowlands, which is outside of development limits of high roading. To the north and northwest of the site is land that has just been um, discussed on the previous application. To the south are agricultural fields, and to the west is a public right of way, which leads to a recreational ground here. There is mature landscaping to the western 
and southeastern boundaries. Um, there have been six objections uh, raised, which have been summarised in my officer's report. The application is for the erection of nine dwellings, related infrastructure, public open space, free affordable housing units. Um, the scheme has been revised because um, initially the, the, these are the affordable housing and the garden sizes were um, too small and um, basically the application consists of a bungalow here, um, this house here, here and here are all one and a half storeys. These are the affordable housing units and this is the public open space. The density would be 11 dwellings per hectare. Um, these are the elevations for the affordable housing. This is the um, house types of the ones indicated that are one and a half storey. And that is the bungalow. All dwellings have adequate parking provision and adequate visitor parking spaces are provided to meet the adopted parking standards. All gardens now meet the Essex Design Guide and the housing mix complies with the requirements of policy H10. The two properties closest to the farmland beyond are a bungalow and one and a half storeys. This will reduce the visual impact from views from the public rights of way to the rear of the site. The proposal is considered on balance to meet the three strands of sustainability and as such this application is recommended for conditional approval subject to a section 106 legal agreement for the provision of affordable housing and provision and ongoing maintenance of public open space. Thank you, Mrs. Jones. Again, no speakers on this application, so members, uh, open to you. Questions, comments? Councillor Royals? Yeah. Could, I, could we go back to have a look at the um, design of the affordable homes in comparison to the other items? Those are the affordable, are they? That's the affordable. Yeah. And that's the others. There seem to be a distinct difference in style, or is it the particular reason for that? The um, properties to the rear of the site are one and a half storey in a bungalow to minimise the impact. Um, no, it's just how they've put them forward. It's just the, the, uh, the non-affordable, for want of expression, um, seems to be a lot better looking, I think, than those affordables. Call me old-fashioned. They're different, but they're not <laughs> necessary. No, no, but we also you need to take into account the registered provider needs to maintain those houses. If you go, if, if, if Madeline goes forward back to the market dwellings again. Yeah. Um, where are we? Can you go, can you go, they're the market, can you go forward to the market dwellings? Oh, sorry. 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 They're obviously different. Yes. But there's dormers, there's all sorts of additional things to be maintained as a result of that. And, our, and that's part of the relationship between a developer and a registered provider in terms of the registered provider would like to, wishes to minimise the amount of additional things to maintain. I don't think the market dwellings are necessarily, they are different, but they're not necessarily inferior. 
that's, that's the argument in terms of where, where, where quite often a developer comes forward and a registered provider comes forward. I can understand, obviously, why the yeah. um, registered provider would want to reduce yeah. its outgo outgoings. I just think that it would be nice to see... Um, th I've seen this a couple of times now where the affordable homes do not seem to be aesthetically attractive as the non-affordable homes. So I'd like you to bear that in mind, if possible. So we've got three affordable on the site and six market. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. And all the all the market ones are the same elevational treatment. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a mix. I, I understand your point, and we have some classic examples in the district where there is obviously a ten-year um, uh, discrepancy. Um, I think that mix of elevational treatment is typical of many estates that we're building today so I don't, I don't I appreciate your concern um, but I don't think it's markedly so that um, it would be I mean, we, we do insist on um, developments being tenure blind and uh, you couldn't necessarily say that they were um, social housing as against private market housing just by the look of them. It's a mix of, of styles within a development that you could see anywhere, really. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the idea of the development at all. I think it's to be commended with the uh, one-and-a-half-storey houses uh, and the bungalows. Um, it's just the way <coughs> I'm just taking umbrage with the, uh, what they look like, I'm afraid. Okay. Uh, Mrs Jones, do you want Yeah, I just would like to point out, uh, originally, the original plans for the affordable, all the garden sizes were under size and um, we requested them to revise the scheme to bring them up so that they met. They all had 100 square metres, whereas originally they were quite a lot smaller. Sorry, all the permitted development rights have been taken away as well, haven't they, so they can maintain the size of the gardens. Is that correct? Um, I don't think so, because the gardens That's are quite large. Do you not do that? We only take away the permitted development rights where, where you're approving dwellings with smaller than normal gardens. So where, you are, where you're approving a site with a, with a garden that complies with the residential design guide, yeah. we, we don't take away the PT rights because they're not tight. I mean, that's the whole reason why gardens have to be of that size, is so that you can allow for extensions and changes okay, to the dwellings. So, it's a bit so that's, that's what... Councillor Lodge. Thank you. I'd like to, uh, to look at the uh, education provision. I see that um, whilst there was a uh, provision for the first 31 houses, uh, now the, the guidelines are for the small developments, no, no contribution. Is it, what is it? Is it under 10 at the moment that there's education provision? 10 and above, we seek education contributions. That's... Yeah, yeah, okay. So these, these are, in fact, these are Essex, Essex guidelines, so they are, uh, in fact, landing themselves with possible for further uh, education costs by not claiming this. The, the county are actually raising the threshold from, from about 10, from what is 10 at the moment, to a higher level, which is 20. I mean, I mean, I know we've been talking about pooling in previous committees, but that's part of the issue there. They are reducing, they are improving, heightening the, the uh, threshold in which you would actually be seeking education contributions. And I think that's a, that's a document that's currently going from consultation from the county at the moment. 
Okay, it, was, uh, it seems yeah. crazy to me, but that's, yeah, no, that's, we are where we are. That's where we are, it. unfortunately, it's, yeah. That's stupid, yeah. Yeah, it's the same with the NHS as well. Yeah. Right, any uh, further comments? Nope. So we have a uh, recommendation from your officer that we can approve this. Does that find a proposer? Councillor Hicks, thank you. Uh, seconder, Councillor Chambers, thank you. So we'll go straight to the vote on this. All those in favour, please show. Unanimous. Thank you very much. That application is approved. Our next application, item 4.4 on the agenda, item uh, application UTT 16-0624. It's a application for variation under non-material matters, and it's at Stansted. And Mrs. Hugh Smith will take us through. Thank you, Chairman. Okay. The application that we have before us is for a non-material amendment um, for, from um, an original planning application which was granted back in, I believe, 2012-2013. The original application was for the demolition of existing commercial buildings on site and the construction uh, of a building to accommodate retail space a medical centre and 14 residential apartments with um, dedicated off-street parking spaces um, and a number of other works associated with that. This scheme here seeks um, amendments to that original application. Section 3 of the report on page 61 lists um, the nature of the uh, amendments that have been put forward. I'll quickly go through them. Um, general revisions to reflect proposed retail units, um, the general plans update, uh, to update the health centre and flats as a result of those changes, the inclusion of amenity space um, within the um, roof, condensing and relocation of uh, plant to the roof, um, which includes the staircases as well, um, minor elevational and window positions uh, altered to reflect these changes, an addition of a balcony and additional windows um, to flats 12 and 13. The report itself um, lists, as you can see in section 3, I've broken down those amendments, uh, given them letters. They've been systematically broken down within the report and further detailed in the report and assessed individually. What I'll do, I'll go through the plans um, to um, show you exactly what those changes are. To the left-hand side, um, these are plans which have been originally approved under the original application. If I start uh, with the ground floor, um, this is the retail space um, that was granted on the ground floor. You've got two separate um, stairwells to serve the medical centre and the residential element uh, with plant areas here. Um, there, as part of the scheme um, that was originally assessed, there was always going to be a chemist on site, there was always going to be a dentist on site. However, where they were going to be located, it was unclear um, whether it was going to be within the medical centre or occupying unit one um, within the scheme itself. 
Um, through the obviously the involvement of the scheme, its construction um, and um, consultations, because the original application was speculative on the regarding the ground floor. Um, this has led to the revision of the um, of the downstairs. Um, First of all, we, there is a confirmed food store um, as a result that has um, depicted what layout that food store is going to be. That has had a knock-on effect in terms of the plant that's going to be provided on site. Um, also, the chemist has confirmed that they will be located in what was Unit 1. And the dentist has also confirmed that they want, um, obviously, a frontage location um, to the front of the building and again um, their layout has also um, depicted um, how, that, how that's going to be set out. There's also the provision of a separate retail smaller unit. Um, there was indication that this might be a cafe however because that would require um, a revised application this is now going to still be maintained in a retail use um, in compliance with the original application. The, if you have a look at the, um, at the staircase, the residential, that's been condensed um, to this location here. We've got, just for kind of reference, we've got Church, um, Church Road here. You've got the access road into the car park which we were visiting today and the car park being at the rear. And you've got the brook and the railway line um, along this elevation here, just for context. In terms of the um, first floor, which is um, solely for the purposes of the medical centre, um, a light well has been proposed within the centre um, of the medical centre, which would provide natural light uh, to, a to a number of those um, uh, consult consultation rooms. Um, as a result, the, number of, uh, the rooms have been rejigged around um, at the same time. This has had an implication in terms of the internal layouts throughout the building um, leading up to the residential and the um, elevational changes as well. In terms of the second floor, um, these are the residential apartments, second, both second and the third floor. Again, these are the plans that have been approved to the left. To the right, what is being proposed, um, the light well is located here, which has taken away a number of other um, individual light wells through the scheme. Again, that has led to the um, rejigging of a number of the apartments. You've got the concentrated um, staircase that's now located here, as opposed to the far corner um, here on Church Road. Um, the windows within the gables, um, these were always going to be windows and they were always indicated on the elevations, which I will show you, uh, for Juliet balconies. Um, these have changed to doors, opening doors. Um, Again, as a result of the internal layout change, um, this has meant uh, a revision to the elevation as well. Also, with regards to the apartments, um, there will still be 14 flats as originally approved. However, what the amendments have meant is that where there was a greater proportion of three-bedroom flats, these have now been reduced to uh, a heavier number of two-bed apartments.
In terms of the roof plan, um, again, this is what was originally approved. Um, as you can see, a number of um, roof lights and light wells um, were scattered upon the roof itself. Um, there is plant located on the, on the roof which was approved as part of the original application that was conditioned. Within the um, amended scheme, as you can see here, um, actually if I go back one, um, on the third floor, the terraces which were originally approved have been altered as well, which are balustraded and restricted in terms of access to the rest of the roof. Um, this is, again, as approved as original, just um, their, um, their siting has been um, reorientated. Going back to the roof, um, you can see as say that you can see those terraces here. The upper roof is proposed to be used for amenity space as well. There is a, um, a general um, amenity area located here. You have four individual sectioned off amenity space areas um, here, 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 and here, um, and a compound area for the plant. Um, in itself as well which is proposed to be screened. Um, as part of the amendments a screen is proposed around the perimeter of the, um, of the roof set back between 900mm to 1.4 metres, um, the pinch points being located around here where the building steps back. If I go through um, the elevations as well um, again, this is what was approved, uh, and this is what's being proposed with the amendments. Um, that's slightly probably difficult to, to see on those plans. So what I have done, um, we've got the elevations here of uh, what's been proposed. I've actually done a breakdown of um, what's being proposed to make it a bit clearer exactly. Um, those highlighted in yellow are the proposed amendments on each of the elevations and I'll go through those. As part of the amendment as well, we've, the gables, um, which I believe are four in total, uh, have increased in height. Um, I've got it in the report between 600 and 800 mil. Um, varying. The overall roof itself of the original building has dropped um, by 200 mil. We've got additional windows here and here. This elevation is the Church Road elevation, um, just for clarity. The downstairs, the windows and doors are there is always windows and doors there. The orientation, where the, where the doors are and where the windows are, have rejigged as a result of the internal downstairs layout. Um, from here, you could also see the 1.1 metre high glass uh, balustrade, which is proposed to, um, to contain the amenity space on the roof space. This here is the... 2.5 metre um, screening to the plant area which is located here. Huh. 
that didn't work out. Um, okay. Um, on the elevations um, fronting the Stansford Brook Railway, we've got a couple of amendments to windows and doors. An additional, um, well, a VLUX has changed to a dormer here. The increased height in the gable. And there's a terrace on the other elevation, which I'll show you on another plan. Again, um, highlighted in yellow are the amendments in terms of the fenestration and the alignment of the openings. And additional windows being highlighted above here and here and here as well. This is the elevation front in the car park. Um, again, um, we've got a window was originally proposed there. Additional openings have been proposed either side of that. The increase in the gable. We've got the screening to the plant area, the balustrade on the rooftop and additional windows here. The monopitch roofs which are referred to within the report are located here and the um, newly proposed balcony to, um, to the left of the gable which, is, which would be restricted by the gable itself in terms of views. These are photos from the roof itself. Um, this shows you the... Um, the parapet of the roof, the increase in height of the gables uh, projecting above um, the line of the uh, parapet. You can probably just about see here, which goes around the site, that's channeling for the balustrade glass, which is um, where it will be inserted around the perimeter of the site. Um, various views from, from the rooftop and this is um, up close against um, the, um, the parapet, the other side of where the balustrade will be. Again, um, views from right at the top and the access road being down at the bottom here with the two houses um, that we saw this morning. To give you context, we've got the castle here, and this is the, the um, channeling for the balustrade, so it shows the gap between the two um, on site. Um, this is the light well, which is covered up at the moment whilst works are ongoing, and the staircase access to the rooftop. Um, the plant, which has, um, which has formed part of the original application, and view from the car park at a long distance. In terms of the details that are proposed, these have, as I said, these have been assessed within the report and broken down. Um, I've reached a split decision, um, of which it's a number of things have been recommended for approval, which are listed on page 72. I'll quickly run through those. The general plan revisions to reflect the retail units on the ground floor, reduction in height of the monopitch roofs, the medical centre internal layout, the inclusion of a light well, the amendments to the staircases, one light well as opposed to four individual light wells which were originally proposed, internal fire doors which have been included, um, the alteration to um, the first and second floor in terms of the number of three beds to two beds. Um, the flats occupying the projected gables have altered windows to incorporate um, the balconies. Um, the units, again, the mix on the third floor. The flats have been internally reconfigured. 
the removal of roof lights, um, the flats fronting the access road, um, their terraces being recited in relation to the, the internal reconfiguration, the provision of doors, um, also the additional and reposition of windows, increase in projecting gable heights, reduction in the ridge height, roof use as amenity space and the 1.1 high balustrade glass. That's been recommended for approval. Um, and has been seen to have um, um, minimal um, impact uh, both in terms of visual and residential amenity and in the context of the overall size and scale of the original scheme and does not deviate from the heart of the original consent. Uh, what's been recommended for refusal is the bin store which has been um, indicated to the rear of the site. which is located here, indicated on the plans. No details have been provided. The plant screen, um, which is 2.5 metres, um, has also been recommended for refusal because of its excessive nature. Um, roof private amenity space screens, 1.5 metres in height, uh, where minimal detail has been provided, and the flooring of PVC decking and paving pads, which has been stated to be raised. Again, minimal information has been provided to determine the impact of those. As a result, um, a, split, um, a split decision has been recommended. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you, Mr. Shrewsbury. Uh, most comprehensive uh, review of the situation. Thank you. Um, we have speakers on this matter, the first of whom, by the miracle of modern communications from Syracuse, Cruz, uh, District Councillor Alan Dean, and his statement will be read by Adam. Thank you. Dear Planning Committee members, I called in this application to be determined by your committee because it relates to one of the most contentious developments in Stansted that I can recollect. Along with fellow councillors, I have sought new medical facilities for mine and adjacent communities for many years, but not at any cost. It was claimed in the officer's report to your committee when approval was given for the, this large building in 2012 that its design and scale would be sympathetic with its conservation area setting and there would be no overlooking of its neighbours. I was shocked to discover in early February this year, after many months of fruitless probing, that a different building has been constructed. What the developer wants you to approve today are not non-material amendments to the approved design. The applicant is taking your committee for granted. He must think that the Uttlesford planning system is a pushover for larger developers. He is not asking you to approve something that he wants to build. He has gone ahead and made most changes without the courtesy of asking you first in the hope that you will simply shrug your shoulders and accept anything he chooses to do to supplement his delivery of the medical facilities. I ask you to stand firm and refuse to be abused in this way. In many ways, the credibility of the Council's planning system is on the line. People will begin to think anyone can get, uh, why, I think get away with anything around here. I disagree with the rooftop servicing plans arrangements. They effectively add another story to the building and create an eyesore visible from many parts of the village. Please refuse it. I disagree with the rooftop amenity area and glass parapet. It will cause noise and light disturbance in the vicinity of Mount Fitchett Castle, the conservation area and beyond. I am concerned that parting would result in missiles falling onto nearby properties and people. I am concerned that, contrary to commitments given in 2012, there will be overlooking of neighbouring residences along Car Park Access Road. This will be a double insult to the residents of these neighbouring properties who have in the past been made to abide by conservation area standards. 
approval would look like one rule for big people and another one for the individual householder. Please review the roof garden and amenity area. The large increase in number of windows has been poorly implemented. The increased quantity must undermine the 2012 commitment to no overlooking. The asymmetrical misplacing of windows beneath brick archways undermines the quality of development. The plain aluminium framed windows without the approved Georgian bars undermine past claims that this building would be a credit to the sensitive area of Stansted Mount Fitchett. Please refuse what is within the application. I would ask you to question your officers on the changed style of window, why they do not form part of this application, and what can be done to restore them to be in keeping with the adjacent conservation area, a requirement imposed by this council on smaller neighbouring properties that have installed replacement windows in recent years. I wish you well in your deliberations today and in your upholding of the public's trust in planning and Uttlesford. Thank you, Councillor Dean. Um, our next speaker is... Um, sorry. Yeah, Councillor Sell. Yeah. yeah, Parish Councillor Sell. He's from the Parish Council. That's Councillor Sell. Okay. You've got three minutes, Councillor Sell. Thank you, Chairman. I'm speaking as a local ward member and as a member of the Parish Council. I shall begin by saying thank you for the site visit that you made this morning and thank you for scaling, putting on your hard hat and scaling the heights. Um, this site, as members saw this morning, is a very sensitive site. It's adjacent to a conservation area. The site, the building, the application that you approved a few years ago, it started off life as ultra-modern, and one resident likened it to the Titanic. It went from ultra-modern to traditional, or based on the maltings. And as you saw this morning, this is a large building. I can quite see why the developers, I mean, we must always remember that this site is developer-led. We think of it as the health centre site, but in reality, it's retail, residential, plus health centre. And I can see why they would want an amenity space at the top, because it's a selling point for them and they will do what they can to maximise the value for themselves. But as Councillor Dean pointed out, I, I do think it's important that we get it right uh, as a council. What we don't want is to make it a blot on the landscape. I think the issue before you, I can suggest, uh, I, the... Officer has put in her report those issues that she is recommending you to refuse, and I totally endorse that. The one issue which the parish council and myself would raise with you as a contention, because none of us want to delay the much-needed health centre facilities, but nonetheless, I've never been one of those who said, keep quiet, we must have a health centre come what may, because this is too important. The issue in contention, I would suggest, is the roof used as amenity space, which are being recommended for approval this afternoon. And use those colleagues who went on the site visit this morning and went in Mr and Mrs White's garden 
will have seen for themselves the amount of overlooking there will be and is already. This would actually add to that. Quite right, the case officer points out no one's got a right to a view, but also material overlooking is a clear planning factor. And I would ask members to refuse Ruth Uses Immunity Space. Thank you. Thank you. Our next speaker is uh, Mr. Ray Woodcock. Thank you. Uh, three minutes, Mr. Woodcock. Uh, Mr. Chairman, committee members, planning officers, I'm Ray Woodcock. I live in Stancy Malfitted. I support this non-material application. The planning office report is extremely thorough and detailed. It's helped me to better understand uh, the many issues. This building will contain the most needed and up-to-date services Stansett Mount Fidget has wanted for decades. But why? Stansett Mount Fidget's village plan, 1976-81, to paraphrase it, planning permission was given in 1970 for a health centre in Hargrave House grounds. It was found not to be feasible due to lack of support from the GPs and insufficient registered patients. Our GPs did express interest in a purpose-built um, surgery. Sadly, it was not progressed. The health centre issue was not revisited for 40 years. In early 2008, an NHS delegation attended a full council meeting. I attended that public meeting, but was not allowed to be present during the health centre discussion. I have no difficulty with that. We learned that the proposed site was on Rochford Nursery. It was part of the Section 106 agreement dated uh, February uh, 2004. An area of 0.2 hectares was specified, but its precise location on Forest Hall Park was not defined. The NHS wanted about 1,200 square metres of floor space and a car parking area for 50 cars. Local community members assessed this suggested site during mid-2008. We established that the only way to satisfy the NHS spec was that it had to be on three floors. This was not acceptable to the NHS or the surgery and another site had to be identified. Cutting a very long story short, 12 sites um, close to the centre of the village were investigated. None was suitable. About 2011, following a UDC public meeting in Forest Hall Park, Pelham Structures MD spoke to me suggesting that a site in the centre of the village might be available. We met and outlined our wish specification, which was determined by canvassing the views of over a thousand residents. Later, we established other needs. Our wish list included a central village location to minimise the use of cars, this supported by uh, supported government policy, near existing public transport, it's near bus and railway services, near an existing public car park, it's near the largest car parking lot in our village, an NHS dentist and pharmacist, we will have them. A survey concluded that a pedestrian crossing was warranted um, in Lower Street, that's included. Easy access to the health centre must be provided to help the less abled. That's a key issue for, for this new health centre. 
Working conditions for the whole staff must be good. The promise of the new building is already uh, producing positive results. May I continue, please, Mr Chairman? Um, It's only a a little. Um, A little later, we established other wishes and benefits. Um, A medium-sized supermarket reported as a need in a UDC uh, retail report in 2011 suggested the Castle Lotus Garage site. It will include the co-op. Road junction is known to be a problem. A mini roundabout will be built. Other, benefit, and other benefits include the culvert spur, an S106 agreement for £30,000 for the local school, and skate, parking, skate park lighting. The parking lot um, to be re- reconfigured. As I speak, 69 additional spaces um, are being constructed right at this very moment. All the above at the developer's cost. The financial pressures on the NHS were very high and continued to be, but funding for our NHS health centre had been reserved for about five years. Um, were reserved about five years ago. It could only be affordable when part of a when it is part of a mixed-use development. I attended the NHS piece at the time the PCT board meetings. Um, they fought hard for, our, for the funding, a demonstration of our urgent need. Um, uh, Mr Chairman, sir, and committee members and planning officers, this development is vital for the future of our and surrounding villages. The health centre will serve 9,000 registered Mr. patients. You, you've spent the majority of your time talking about the past. Have you got anything to add about the current things we're looking at de- discussing? Because we, you know, that's all history and we know the benefits of, of, of the decision. I'm just wondering how much longer I can give um, you. Uh, uh, no, Mr Chairman. What I wanted to do was to remind the, um, the committee how important this site is um, and its development. Yeah, to the and, whole and, and permission has been granted for this development. No. Now we're looking at material or non-material alterations. That's... That's the key to our meeting today. Okay. Um, I I then conclude. Thank you. Thank you very much. Our next speaker is uh, uh, Mrs White. Uh, Chairman, she won't be coming. She won't be coming. Was she one of the occupants of the cottages? Oh, fine. Yes, she did explain to me. Yeah, that's fine. Thank you, uh, Councillor Sell. Um, Then finally, we have Mr Sims um, on behalf of the... Yes, of course you may. Yes, of course. Do you want to use the mic that's switched on? You've got three minutes, uh, Mr. Sims. Thank you. Thank you very much for this opportunity. Uh, my name is Tom Sims. I'm the lead consultant for uh, Hilton Properties Limited, uh, the developer of the building that we have on the screen. <coughs> uh, I would firstly commend the detailed report by Maria Shoesmith, uh, which I think does actually qualify that um, the scheme as being built is, does conform to the original consented planning application and establishes the principles applied at that time of the approval. I'm not going to go back over on any old ground, uh, just to make that clear. 
Uh, for your information, I've been involved with the Castle Mortings Development Project for design, from design conception 2011 through the planning processes to current date. The pre-stated can be verified by the UDC um, official officers. I have consistently um, consulted with the Planning and Conservation Department officers, Maria Shoesmith and Barbara Bosroff, throughout the years gone by, uh, and followed due process and good practice um, at all times. I have over 30 years' experience of design and development in such schemes, and most of them much larger than the one that we're looking at. We have to understand the complications of a, a mixed-use building in terms of coordinating the structures and all of the requirements. Just as a reminder of what we've had to deal with on this is the building structure and the environmental agency flood risk um, culvert situation, uh, meaning that we won't be flooding anymore in the future. Retail-specific requirements um, in servicing retail, medical centre servicing what is a non-shared services uh, part of this development and then 14 number of residential apartments. It is quite normal that the detailed requirements can only be defined after the permission is granted, as the occupier interest can only be secured once principles and uses are determined through the detailed planning consent. As part of the detailed design processes, changes have understandably occurred as a result of the user-occupier specific requirements. For example, uh, Maria did mention earlier the NHS requirements, um, and it was their request on requesting the need for a light well through the building to the first floor uh, to actually service some of the natural daylight needs uh, for the treatment rooms and the reception area. This actually had a great effect on the upper floors, including the roof, and thus every single apartment had to be changed, which then resulted in changes to the exterior windows. We have still maintained the symmetry, but there are some asymmetry effects on certain windows which are associated to the medical centre. And the reason why we could not re retain the symmetry was due to the specific medical centre layouts. And that's a fact and that's the truth. And it occurs on three number windows. There have been certain constraints forced upon the development proposals due to the environmental agency uh, planning conditions uh, for the floodplain resolve, and it's fair to say that in many cases situations like this and others are outside of the developer's control. The minor amendments are as follows, and I just want to run through these quickly. Ground floor content, there is no change to the overall footprint. Uh, amendments have occurred relating to reconfiguration of individual units, but we have conformed to plan policy and A1 uses as um, uh, consented. The light well, as identified, I've mentioned that just now, I won't repeat that. Uh, window locations, as a, uh, as a result of the light well, as mentioned, we have had to create additional window changes and so on. Uh, that applies to the apartment number seven where we introduced a further balcony um, and that looks out over the car park and has no impact on the elevation or the symmetry of the building. In terms of the roof space, at the time of uh, gaining the approval, there had been some discussions, as Marie had mentioned uh, earlier in her report, uh, which was to do with the anticipated uh, views taken on the roof space becoming amenity space in some form subject to agreement and also that there was going to be a need for plant. The plant needs for the medical centre itself uh, is, is more than apparent as it is for part of the retail. Um, in terms of the external views, the NHS-specific internal room requirements has forced minor changes to the windows, as mentioned. 
Um, but looking at the benefits of this scheme and looking at some of the points in terms of the screening, the screening is undergoing looking at adjustments um, and I think that the screening probably will come down a little bit and I think we must ha remember that none of these elevations you see anywhere around the building are actually seen as the elevations you see and that's the truth. Uh, I carried out a number of half dozen montages, which I'm sure the planning department would recall, which actually shows the sight lines and eye line views from anywhere in any position, uh, back, front and sides, where the building is almost screened until you're actually at the road junction. Um, I don't need to restate the benefits. I think everybody is, is more aware of that from the past. The de development has been built in accordance with the applied principles and set plan policies and uses, established through the con consented planning application, providing retail uses at ground floor, a medical centre at first floor, and 14 number of residential apartments at second and third floors. Needless to say, this has created some delays and concerns from the Hilton Properties Limited, but uh, I can assure you that due process uh, and good practice has been followed throughout this contract. Thank you. Thank you, Mr Sims. Okay, members, now we had a good look this morning, so um, you've heard the representation, so any questions or comments? Councillor Riles. Can we just reiterate this um, roof use as an amenity space? Because um, have we already given permission for the roof to be used as amenity space? In terms of the roof itself, um, there was always going to be access to the roof. For what um, purpose? For general access to the plant, etc. So the amenity space specifically has, was not part of the original application. That's all been approved without the access for, amen for amenity space. So I can understand, obviously, for service mm -hmm. and that sort of stuff, yeah. people need to go up to the roof. Um, but I don't see why we're encouraging, on one side here, roof used as amenity space, plus the balustrade. Maybe you need that for safety. Possibly, I don't know. And then further on, you're, you're removing the private amenity space, one and a half metres, and the decking and the paving uh, pads. Um, I'm getting a mis mixed message from that, and I wonder if you could I think help me not, out with not that. removing it, she's not suggesting it should be approved, because she hasn't got the detail. We haven't got detail on those bits that you mentioned. Is that right, Maria? Yeah, there's a number of things that we haven't got details on, um, like the raised decking um, and paving slabs. We haven't got details in terms of how much they're going to be raised by. But, but, sorry to interrupt, but you are suggesting that you agree with the immunity space for the residents? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, the balustrade of 1.1 around the perimeter of the whole site uh, of the rooftop, sorry, just trying to find the cursor, which is located here at 1.1, um, I'm agreeing that uh, that can be dealt with as a non-material amendment. Um, in terms of detailing of um, specific areas um, for private amenity space, which would incur the erection of a 1.5 metre high screen, um, there wasn't any details with regards to that screening as well, and thought that that was quite high in any instance. Um, together with the screening, um, the level of the compound area and screening proposed for that, the plant itself was agreed. Yeah. Um, just the screening of that and the level of screening required for that. 
I, I don't have any issues with the, with the plant screening, apart from the fact it needs to be, it, the plant has to be up there, and of course the, the screening has to be suitable. I don't think that's the, uh, my, my concern. My concern really is that you're creating another level for people to party on with umbrellas and etc etc on the top and creating more noise and disturbance as referenced by Councillor Sell. So that's my comment. Councillor Fairhurst, do you want to? Yes, Mr Chairman. Um, I think there are two issues to consider here today. The first, for me, has been made abundantly clear in, the previous, in a previous matter, the question of whether this is a non-material amendment or whether it's a material amendment. Um, and the second, once we establish it, it is, and we can go on from there. Um, I was told that, that changing an entrance a, to a different site would be a material issue, and therefore we have to ask for a, a, a completely new uh, plumbing application. In this case, we have a number of issues which are, are substantial. Some are not substantial, but, for example, there is clearly a change to external detail. Um, the height of the building is being changed in a number of areas, um, and, the great, and, 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 and the, the great visual intrusion, loss of light or feeling of, ex, of enclosure to neighbours is clearly there. We were there when you walked around and saw it. Um, I don't think we can, particularly in terms of the amenity of roof space, um, we can talk about this being a non-material amendment at all. Um, if that's the case, then surely you have a problem in terms of approval. Um, if it is an, a non-material amendment, then I would suggest that by in, 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 in increasing the height of the building by a whole new space, parting space, as mentioned the previous councillor, would be something we should, could not and could, uh, should not support. Councillor Hicks. Thank you, Jim. Um, my uh, reaction to this application is, uh, uh, to some term, in some terms, historic. I distinctly remember in 2013 proposing, that, well, uh, remarking that uh, Stansted had been, as Mr. Wilcox said, um, been waiting for many years for uh, a replacement health centre, a sensible place for the people of Stansted to go to um, um, have their health care for. And uh, when this proposal came before the planning committee, I proposed that it, uh, it should be um, approved, and I haven't changed my views. What I've seen today um, is um, confirm me that the building is not unduly obtrusive in its setting. I don't think the height changes that are being um, uh, what's the right word? Um, uh, are being highlighted as being problems. They, 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 the uh, matter of a metre or so on the overall height in a building of this type seems to me to be uh, uh, really not of great importance. And um, uh, the uh, steps we took this morning, you in particular, Chairman, in going up to the roof so that from the um, uh, premises opposite the cottage opposite which is the most affected by these uh, accusations of overlooking and of um, um, uh, causing problems of that kind we uh, um, I think we pretty well established to everybody's satisfaction that um, um, overlooking was not um, going to be an issue um, we, uh, you, you demonstrated this yourself by uh, um, disappearing from our site when we were sitting in the garden and you were up on the roof. So, uh, and it also, um, I would remark at the same time, it, it rather um, 
lays to um, um, or gives the lie to the um, suggestion that Councillor Dean made in the email which he circulated in the last uh, few hours that um, we were not consulting with local residents. There was no obligation in the uh, in this uh, application because it was a non-material application but uh, nevertheless we, uh, you and we, the committee did our best to talk to the local residents in Stansted and uh, quite frankly the uh, gentleman in, who owned the cottage who's, in whose garden I was sitting seemed to be perfectly satisfied with the uh, um, measures that we taken to satisfy ourselves that overlooking would not be a problem. So in view of all that, Chairman, I would like to say that I, I propose that this um, division that has been made for approval of the major part of these amendments and um, the um, refusal of a few which the officer concerned is still concerned about and wishes to renegotiate. I think as it's laid out, this proposal should be accepted. Does that find a seconder? I'll second it from the Chair. Thank you. Um, Councillor Lachlan, you wanted to speak. Thank you. Well, I might waffle a bit here. Um, uh, <laughs> a lot of what I was going to say has been said in terms of adding an extra story Onto, well, which would appear to be an extra story, onto the, um, this development. Um, and Councillor uh, Sell has said um, that it is residential with some retail, and oh, by the way, there's going to be a health centre in the middle of it on the first floor. And there is no doubt that Stansted want and badly needs a new health centre. I live in Stansted and I'll endorse that. Um, but, I mean, the clue here is in the name. We've had uh, the developer, Hilton Developers Limited. It wasn't Hilton um, Health Centres Limited. So, uh, um, so I just want to make that point. Um, this is going to affect Stansted. I was on the last planning committee. Uh, we refused the first one because, like somebody said, it was like the Titanic. It was all glass, and it came down like the, is it the bow at the front or the prow whatever, of a ship, and it was hideous. We then had another application that came before us, which we uh, approved, and I'd just like to read something out from that approval. I actually have the application here, and this comes from the officer's report and it says the current proposed scheme has taken members comments from the May 2012 debate in committee into consideration and has a revised design of traditional late Victorian malting building which is stated to have more of a historic tone based on its relationship with the railway sidings. The traditional approach now adopted is consistent with the general street scene and the site's historic context. 10.8. The revised design approach has now been welcomed by English Heritage, subject to approval of certain aspects of the design being reserved through planning conditions. No objection has been raised by the conservation officer. 
conclusion, there are no new material considerations that outweigh the acceptability of the revised design. The proposed revised design is considered to address the previous sole design reason for refusal. Did you note that, the design uh, refusal? Uh, so the second one was okay. This has changed. And it says, therefore, it is considered acceptable and in accordance with local plan policies. Well, I have here, amongst all my other bits and pieces, internal procedure note from Hartlepool um, District Council, what is a non-material amendment? And it says, for example, we could not normally accept amendments as non-material if the application description differs from the original application. It does. The proposal would result in changes to the external details, facing materials or roof shape that would materially alter the appearance of the building. It does. The height of the building or structure is increased. It is. The amendment results in a fundamental change in the design of the building. It does. And that's only just four of the reasons. The, the original application had... Uh, Victorian type windows because it is a maltings. Now it has been changed and I imagine this is for commercial reasons for the developer. Uh, it's now the cheap and nasty aluminium frames. It is not in keeping with the uh, adjacent conservation area and I really could not support this application for these amendments in any way. And by the way, uh, as is always, the old chestnut is brought up. We were, um, if I can find it now, we were quoted Wensbury. Well, this is something that lawyers always bring up, um, well, have done before, and we have won appeals when Wensbury has been quoted to us. I don't know if you know about, well, obviously, uh, Mr. Fairhurst does, or Councillor Fairhurst does, because he is a lawyer, and it's Wensbury unreasonableness, and I've actually lost the piece of paper that actually defines that. I told you I was going to waffle, and I have. Um, but it, anyway, basically, it's if, if a uh, a decision is so unreasonable that it more or less can't be supported. Um, but I don't think that we are being unreasonable, and I think at appeal we could be supported. And also, I have here uh, planning law suggested answers, and this was notes to candidates and tutors, where it says there has been an interesting, interesting recent case law on the validity of towel pieces on planning conditions i.e. conditions which end with the words such as unless otherwise agreed with the LPA, Local Planning Authority. The intention is to allow flexibility without the need to submit a S73 TPA 1990 application to vary the condition. In Mid-Counties Cooperative versus Wyforest 209, the court objected to the Talpies as wholly uncertain and unlawful. And as they say in court, I rest my case. Thank you, Councillor. Councillor <coughs> um, Lodge. Um, thank you. I'm 
like, like a lot of people in Stansted, I think I'm surprised, somewhere between surprised and shocked that this should be considered as a, a non-material change. Very simply, the height makes it material and, and surely everyone realises that. I have to say that I think that the officers risk bringing this planning operation into disrepute by putting this forward as, as non-material. Um, just the perception from, from residents and people in, in, uh, in Stansted. And hence, um, just, just ignoring the, the actual planning uh, considerations, they are actually considerations that need to be considered um, from a, a formal submission of a plan. I most firmly will be opposing this. When it comes back, I will then look at the, uh, at the uh, applications in a proper process. But just amongst a few of the small things, um, sorry, a few of the things, that I think I'm opposed, totally opposed to the use of it as an amenity area with a 1.1 metre high balustrade. Um, the conservation changes to the windows, I think, are unacceptable from, from the nature of the building as it should have been. So I'm very strongly opposed to this and will vote against it. Thank you. Um, uh, my thoughts, everybody else has put their thoughts in. The acid test on this really is that if this application had come before us in this form, would we have refused it? We approved an application. There are some minor amendments um, being proposed. The height increase is only in four points, and they are points. It's an apex that has risen, and the main part of the roof has dropped. So that's minor. Um, the change in the windows, uh, that is not for our consideration. That was determined by the officers in consultation with our conservation officer, and it was thought to be acceptable. So decision does not rest with us. That was taken at another time. I do have a case history where I was part owner of a Maltings building, a mill, which had old-fashioned windows. The use we wanted to put for it was a design studio, so we applied for listed building consent to change them to plain glass, and we won. So um, if we're quoting uh, case histories on things, there's one to uh, dwell upon. Um, the changes on the ground floor um, are immaterial because there always were doors and windows accessing to the building. If the internal layout changes, um, then those doors and windows are subject to a change on, on there. Um, I went up onto the roof today um, and stood at the balustrade line. I could see into the end part of the cottage garden. I immediately stepped back and disappeared from your view. Um, and I could not see any window whatsoever when I stood at the balustrade line, any of the windows on, that, on those properties. So there is no significant overlooking. This building was approved with terraces on that elevation, um, and that issue never arose at the time. So I think uh, that uh, this is one to be supported. I have seconded the motion. If there are no other comments, we're going to go to the vote. And sorry, Mr. Brown. Mr. Brown, would you want to come in? Thank you. Yeah, I, just, I, think, I think I need to clarify the situation over the procedure here because there's been lots of discussions about procedure. I want to go back to what Mr. Sims said when he said that the building has been built in accordance. This is a consideration of a non-material amendment. It's not a critique of what planning permission was granted way back in 2012-2013 because that's what was approved in terms of the design of the building. 
So the design of the building is in accordance with the approved plans, apart from a few things which we're going to go on to in a moment. The windows have been agreed, and those windows are in accordance with those approved plans, and they were approved a year ago in terms of those. Procedurally, we didn't, that wasn't uploaded into the system, that's why it's come as a surprise, but those, those windows have been approved. And as I say, it's not a critique. I think the majority of the members will agree in terms of possibly everything all the way down to the removal of roof lights on the suggested approvals are minor changes. They're all internal things. As Councillor Sell said in his start, this, is a speculative, this was speculative. It was, a, it was a health centre provision, and in order for that to happen, there needed to be activities on the ground floor, and there had to be activities on the upper floors. And in order to make that acceptable, there would be, have to be some flexibility. And that, that top chunk, the majority of this is flexibility. I'm, I don't want members to throw the baby out with the bathwater here, because there is a lot of things that are very minor changes, which no one notices, to be actually, to absolutely honest. There are some changes to the way in which the building has been constructed, which means the gable build, the gable end, is, is slightly higher. And we're talking about the, this guidance note that was submitted on our website in 2012. It's all proportionate. If you're dealing with a domestic garage, an addition of an 800 mm, 600 millimetres will make a whole lot of difference. But in terms of a building that size, does that really make a difference in terms of the size of, the, size of it? Part of it the actual roof itself has gone down a bit. So therefore, in terms of the general height of the building, hasn't been increased by that amount. I think the big issue which members are talking about quite often is the issues about the roof amenity space. Now, I think Councillor Riles was quite right when he turned around and said, there is a difference between having access to the roof and having amenity areas at the top there to actually encourage people to go to the roof. Now, that is for a judgment for members. And members can, this is going completely against what I normally recommend. Members can pick and choose on this particular issue. If there are stuff on that top bit, in terms of the approval, that you don't think it's acceptable, then bung it on the bottom bit. If you think it matters, you don't even have to make a judgment in terms of whether it's acceptable or not. You just need to make a judgment in terms of the material or not. But I just don't want you to just throw the whole thing out because there's quite a lot of important minor changes here that happen on part of these. Some of these matters may not have even had to be put forward as a non-material amendment because they, they happen when you've got a mixed development happening. And I think a lot of that is around in the roof amenity space. But again, the 1.1 metre high glass balustrade Regardless of whether you're going to be needing it as a roof amenity space, there will be people accessing the roof to actually go to the plant. So don't throw that one out at the same time as you may be considering the amenity space. So you have got the opportunity to pick and choose. And I'm, I'm, I'm mindful I don't want to increase this meeting by an extra couple of hours, but you have got that opportunity to do it. And this is quite appropriate because we're dealing with a large building. We're dealing with a four-storey building. And the use of a roof space, members feel that that is changing it into a fifth story. That is a judgment that you can make, and that's the judgment you can actually move the roof space down to a refusal if you wish. Janice, there is no right of appeal in terms of the new non-material amendments here. If we refuse these non-material amendments, there is no right of appeal. You don't even have to have come up with a reason. You just have to consider that some stuff at the top is, non is material, and you just want to bunk it down the bottom. And so... But just don't bung it all down the bottom, because I think the majority of the changes are very, very minor changes within inside the building. Sorry, can I just clarify that? So if we decide that we don't want this, we don't want that, there can't be any appeal by the developer on that? What you are, what you are saying is you are not saying you can't have that, you can't have that. You're saying you can't, we cannot consider those as non-material amendments. And I think possibly 
that's a judgment that you may want to make. You have a proposal and a seconder to actually accept it as recommended, but you have the opportunity to vary that to actually change those things. Like I said, I don't think anyone wants the whole matter to be refused as, as, as allowing no changes. So you just need to be mindful. It's not a question of approving or refusing. It's a question of what you want to approve and what you don't want to refuse. What do, don't you want to approve? Now, unfortunately, that is lengthening the meeting, but you just need to pick and choose in terms of what you want. And then the, the solution to that would either them to submit a, this particular application has a condition on it which means you can submit a material amendment, if you like, put an application and then apply for the Planning Commission for those things to be changed. I think, the, I think the developer may be not only picking up views that you may be having in terms of whether something's material or not, but also in terms of whether it's acceptable or not, and members may, they may need to make that decision. A material amendment will also include, improve, require some sort of consultation as well. Yes, Councillor Thank you. Well, I mean, there is a picture here of the approved elevations and the design, and then there's a, a picture of the proposed amendments. So if we decided we didn't like those proposed amendments and we didn't think, and we wanted the original design to go ahead, we could actually throw those out now, could we? As a nom if we considered it to be, or thought it was a material consideration. Because uh, on the criteria here, these, to me, don't meet the criteria that is on the procedure note. This is guidance. This is absolute guidance that predate this 2012. And this is specifically where we're dealing with applications for intermittent. And this is not picking up Councillor Dean's point. This is not picking on the big little guys because we can't do anything about the big guys. If you are putting, you can do a very, if you're dealing with an application for a house and there could be some changes to that, an increase in height. I mean, the, the increase in height of the gables, I think I calculated being a 5% increase of that particular gable. Now, if you look at a 5% increase in a house, that would be less than that, but it could still be a night increase. There is nothing wrong with approving slight increase in the height of a building, because that's how it's come out in terms of, in, in terms of being constructed. It just doesn't work once you get to the roof. So are you saying this is guidance, but ignore it? it no, it, it's just that. It is guidance. Exactly. So we'll be gui we could be guided by that if we choose. Yeah, but this wouldn't have had a building of this type and this complexity in its mind when it was considering it as a nominal amendment. That's what I'm saying. Councillor Fairhurst. Yes, sorry, I'm, 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 I'm in, in getting increasingly lost here because I'm, I'm fine if it's guidance. I'm fine if it's therefore relative and we can discuss it and, and, and determine whether it's reasonable or not. That's great, and you know where we work. Um, the problem is that in the previous um, application that was put forward, I was told that the entrance was, was, a was a, not a non-material, but it was a material fact. The decision had been taken, and therefore we couldn't look at it because it was, non it was a material fact. Now we've been told that we can decide what is material and non-material, and a day, day minimum rule will apply, and a small cap increase by 400 meters, so 400 millimeters would not be uh, um, um, too high on one or on the other. So is it a, we need to know if it's a piece of string and it's relative or it's specific. Um, the problem with this guidance is it's very specific. The guidance specifically says the height of the building or structure is increased, not reasonably or unreasonably, it's increased. We either need to rewrite this guidance so that we have some understanding of how to proceed, 
or it's always going to become a, a, a nebulous arbitrary process that we make ourselves. I'm just concerned. I think we all agree with you. I think we all want a medical centre. We all want this building to survive, to succeed and survive. But we don't want a situation where, the, where it's so arbitrary that people who are affected by it, like the neighbours, can point figures and say, chaps, you don't have any consistent rules here. Your guidance is merely a guidance and it, you, you do what you like on the, on the day. Well, I think you're right in terms of the, the... You're not bound by this guidance, you're led by this guidance. But as I said, this had not... I agree we need to revisit the guidance. I think this guidance is far too... You're talking to somebody who didn't write this guidance. I think this guidance is too prescriptive because it doesn't work like that. You know, it doesn't work like that. And when, you're dealing with a, when you're dealing with a house, it's a case of whether it's the old person on the Clapham omnibus. Would, if someone on the Clapham omnibus passed this, well, they would have gone, my God, I didn't expect that to be like that. And unfortunately, what we're having here, we're having a very specific building of a very specific design in a very specific location. We're never going to have that situation ever again. And I think a lot of what we're talking about at the moment and what we were talking about when we were wandering around the site this morning was a critique of the building as opposed to actually considering it. And I think the one issue, the one issue that came up this morning that was critical and fundamental was what's going on in the roof, to be honest. I don't think anything else was actually what you've seen is what you've approved, to be quite frank. Is what, that is what planning committees approved. Well, that wasn't my understanding when I was on the committee that approved it, because the windows were a, and the design was a very definite yeah, yeah, factor. The windows have been yeah. sorted, Janice. The We're not discussing the yeah. windows today. Yeah, the windows have changed, and that is, mm. that is a discussion that we need to have in terms of process, mm. in terms of when we change those... They were, they were, we had a, a, a revised scheme for the windows was submitted, I think it was probably the summer last year, and the conservation officer approved those windows. What we should have done at that particular process is there was, should have been a specific process in terms of dealing with document discharge and condition. Unfortunately, that has been muddled because those windows have been, they've been revealed at the same time as there's been discussion these non-material amendments. And we could all discuss whether or not those windows are good or whether they're bad, uh, but those windows have already been agreed. So I agree with you in terms of if we had, agree, if we had agreed a specific type of window and then suddenly they had all changed... That wouldn't have been a material. That would have been a material change, and I don't think we would have been entertaining that. But we've already changed those. We agreed they changed those windows before the building even got to anywhere near a high stage. Mr. Chairman, I, um, to, to, to bring, bring this to, to some kind of, of, of solution, my, might I suggest that instead of the, the, the motion which on, the, on the floor accepting all that has been proposed, that we're all very much against the roof, um, and that we're going to give way on the windows. Um, but let's just get this building going. The alternative is, and, and I would also like to say we can come back to this internal note and, 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 and revise this thing as, as a bit of a compromise. The roof is an issue for me, and it's not, I, I, for me, I find it presumptuous that there are channels for, 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 for glass and balustrades when the roof in itself is, is, is something we're against. And I would suggest that the whole roof process is not part of the, not part of well, Council. Sorry, sorry, I, don't, I don't want to make this a discussion between me and Council Affairs, but the one issue that I would be, I agree with that as a way forward, but Council Affairs, 1.1 metre high glass balustrade is a it's a health and safety issue. Yeah. It's nothing to do with the, the, the roof being used as amenity space. That's the situation as it was before. People will go on the roof to, um, to apply to the plant, do whatever they need to do, and therefore you need that glass balustrade in order for health and safety to stop people toppling off. So I wouldn't throw that one out. But Can we bring it in the metre that, that, that the chairman showed or demonstrated? If we bring it in the metre into the line? I was, I was standing 1.4 metres back from the edge, upstand, um, if that balustrade weren't in that position, it would, if it comes further back, um, 
it, it, it's, that's a possibility. But one of the results could be that they would suggest putting it right on the edge, um, which nobody wants. Um, so, uh, I mean, I know Councillor Hicks uh, proposed it, and I'm going to suggest to Councillor Hicks and the Chair, as I seconded it, that we, um, in order to uh, take the matter forward, we consider taking the approval of the roof amenity area and all its attendant details out of the to be approved items, drop that into the ones where more detail is required. That could involve the um, provision to the members of cross-sections showing sight lines that were referred to by the agent, I believe. Um, so that would give us a, a much clearer picture of what the impact might be. I was satisfied myself up on the roof this morning, but it may be that we want some more um, pictorial evidence for that. What does that mean? with your consideration? Chairman, I, I find it a bit hard to accept. Um, I do, um, it may be unkind, but I do detect uh, a certain amount of we've opposed this building from the start, we're going to impose it to the finish and we'll, uh, yeah, well, we'll, think, we'll raise every fine detail that can possibly put a spanner yeah, in the works. And, and, and so for that reason, I'm reluctant to accept your suggestion. But if I were to be reassured by Mr. Brown and his officers that um, this uh, dividing the uh, uh, approval, if you like, moving the uh, what's the right word? The furnishing of the roof space uh, into um, the uh, refuse for the moment while it's renegotiated um, area. I, then, if they would tell me that would be acceptable to them, then I think I could be persuaded. Yeah, I, I, uh, could, would they like to comment on that? I, I mean, I do believe that. This uh, from what we've heard and what we've discussed, that that is the only real contentious item of, of the issues, leaving aside the windows. Yeah. What, I would, what I would suggest is, if you do that, in terms of removing possibly everything to do with the roof, down to becoming a refusal, and then we will then have, what I would encourage the applicant to do, is to put in a material, because they can do on this one because of the good... Sorry? Apart from the light well, sorry. Leave the light wells as they are because they do affect the stuff inside. Um, um, and then we have, will then have a material amendment to cover some of that roof stuff. Some of that roof stuff may disappear. Like, do we really need, do we really want decking in the roof? So we will have those discussions with them. And then ultimately we will end up with, you have said it's non-material. And I'm, you know, and I think that was a good freshing. It was material in terms of those changes. That's the decision you're making, and I respect that decision. So any change they want to do now, they would have to put in a material amendment through a condition. There will be consultations just to do with the alterations to works towards the roof space. There's also a bin store issue there as well that needs to be covered as well. well Councillor Riles, first. Uh, firstly, can I say I'm new to this planning committee, so I have, this is the first time I've looked at this development. So I have no ulterior motive or any previous experience to say um, I'm against this in particular. Uh, I, I just have taken it on face value and have looked at it. As far as I'm concerned, my only issue is encouraging the roof space to be used as an amenity space. So may I respectfully propose that we approve um, this but move that roof uh, used as an amenity space down into the refuse section 
And I would also say I don't see there's any much point in going forward and looking at sight lines, additional drawings, photographs, etc. for this amenity space because I don't think it's a sensible thing to approve. Do I have a second? Well, uh, there is already a proposal on the table and discussions are underway to do that very thing. Uh, Councillor Hicks uh, agreed um, after consideration that he could accept that provided we got um, some uh, confirmation from the officers. What we're saying essentially is that the use of roof as amenity space is a material, in that case we would be saying is a material consideration. It would need a separate application. That separate application, in order for it to succeed if it had a chance, has got to be fully detailed. So Absolutely, and if the, the developer wants to bring that forward then we can look at it again. But as yep. far as we're concerned yep. here... I what think we should be removing it, to, as I, I suggest. Yes, yeah, so the feeling is it, we're refusing it as a non-material consideration. It is material, so therefore it needs to come back. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we're doing. Councillor Lachlan. I just want to ask, will it be coming back to the planning committee, or oh, will we have to go through all this again because we won't be so. happy with uh, what the officers may decide or not decide to it do? It will be a material amendment... It will be basically, anyway. it's a variation of condition on a major application, so it would automatically come here. If it didn't, it would be called in anyway. So yeah, but, uh, yeah, that's absolutely right. And I should add, it's not the abuse of the system. This is the system working properly in terms of members sitting around a table and discussing it. And, and, and so I don't think there's any abuse of the system. I think it's worked fine. Councillor Lodge. Um, yeah, could I have a, a definition, a planning definition of what uh, roof amenity space might be? You could always imagine that uh, a building with a flat roof has no particular permission somewhere, but people decide they're going to go up, put some tables and chairs up there and put um, uh, a parasol up there. I mean, is, that, is that potentially a matter of enforcement? And um, once we come to consider this, what, what are the definitions? Uh, the answer is no, they can't get a definition, but it's anything from going out the door to have a fag all the way up to having a party. So it could be any of those, and at sometimes, in fact, in degree, the use of that roof space, its, its use has changed. And so therefore, you know, as it is, people had access to the roof beforehand, and now, and I think Councillor Rice hit it on the head when he said, you've gone from people having access to the roof to encourage people to use the roof. And I think that's the slight difference. And I think, and so, so there is no clear definition. There never is in planning, to be honest. It all, it all depends. And it's all fact and degree. At some level, that would have changed to become a change of use. But I think we have, we're now looking at this. And members have picked, and I think the applicants in the room, he's picked up the, the views of members, both in terms of whether it's material or not, and also what their views would likely be. You're not prejudiced because you need to determine that when it comes in. So in terms of what your views would be of it being amenity space. Councillor Chambers. Just like to ask Mr. Chambers, uh, Mr. Chairman, if it's possible to put the vote now. We should be here all night. Yep. So I, I understand your concerns, Councillor Chambers. They're none greater than mine. I need to be away early. May I just clarify yes. that there's just the one item, roof used as amenity space, which is being moved? That's all that Councillor Hicks and I are proposing, yes. Yes, thank you. And I think I've had nods around the table, so, yep, that, that's it. So, we're going to the vote on the proposal that the list of approved non-material uh, matters be reduced by one namely the roof used as amenity space, 
which will then fall into the refuse section along with the bin store, plant screening, roof private amenity space screening and PVC decking and pavings pads. So all those in favour of those, please show. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And against? Abstention? One. One. Thank you. So that matter as amended is approved. Thank you. And we're going to have a five-minute comfort break. Thank you. Please hold. Your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. 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 Please hold. Your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please, ladies and gentlemen, um, item 4.5 on the agenda, application UTT16-0134, an application for full planning consent at Rickling Green. Is it full? Yeah. It's a full, yeah. It's amendments. Yeah, why is it full? Sorry. All right, we won't go there. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Um, just to update members, this application is recommended for approval subject to a Section 106 agreement which covers all the matters that were previously raised on the original approval back in 2014. The site is located adjacent to the B1383 on the southern edge of Quendon and to the east of Rickling Green. Development approved under UTT 143662 FUL for 19 residential units has commenced on site. This application follows an application for a non-material minor amendment which was granted a split decision. The elements which were not considered to be non-material now form this current application for amendments to plots 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 and 10 to 14. The proposed amendments are detailed in the officer report which you have in front of you in the agenda. The amendments are minor in nature and relate primarily to materials with the lowering of the uh, terrace parapet on plots 1 and 2 and an amendment to the roof form on plot 11. The principle of development at this site has already been established by virtue of the previously granted plan permission. The proposed amendments are acceptable and will be in keeping with the existing design principles of the approved development and surrounding area in accordance with local plan policies and the MPPF. The, therefore, the proposal is considered to be acceptable in accordance with the relevant of local plan policies and is recommended for approval subject to a Section 106 agreement and the conditions as listed on pages 79 and 80. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Stevenson. Um, we have no speakers on this, so over to you, members. Comments? Councillor Chambers. Proposed approval, Mr. Chairman. Does that find a seconder? Councillor Fairhurst, thank you very much. Um, if there's no comments, then we'll go straight to the vote. All those in favour of approval of the proposal? Thank you. Unanimous. Thank you very much. That matter is approved. Our next item on the agenda, 4.6, is application UTT 160446 for full planning consent in Saffron Walden. And again, it's Mrs Stevenson. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. This application comprises a grass area of land to the front of the lodge behind the boundary wall of the council offices. The site is located within development limits as in, and is well screened from the road by the existing boundary wall. The application proposes the temporary siting of a mobile air quality monitoring unit for a period not exceeding two years. Ottlesford District Council has a statutory duty set out in the Environment Act 1995 to review and assess air quality within its district. Saffron Warden has consistently shown the highest levels of air pollutants when compared to other sites in the district, largely as a result of traffic congestion. An action plan to improve air quality as required by DEFRA is currently under consultation and once adopted, monitoring of emissions will form an important part of assessing progress of the adopted measures. The unit, which is temporary in nature, would be mostly screened by the existing boundary wall with only the roof, air conditioning unit and air intake visible beyond the wall. The proposal is considered to be acceptable in accordance with the relevant Uttlesford local plan policies and recommended for approval subject to conditions as listed on pages 85 and 86. Thank you, Mr Stevenson. Again, no speakers, so uh, 
comments. Uh, Councillor Fairhurst. Yes, Mr Chairman. I just would like just a short question. Why is it being um, cited here instead of on the common or, in, or somewhere where the air quality matters? Uh, are you saying our staff air quality doesn't matter? <laughs> no, I just think it would give a better reading if it was in a place where the air quality was, 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 was at hazardous, for example, a traffic light or in the centre of town. We, we already have those, don't we? Um, the monitoring points. This is an additional monitoring point. So, yes, please. Um, I'm just, in my report, it does mention why it's there. Um, it's because it's near to the junction, a busy junction. Um, where there's, and that's where, when we're looking at measures to try and resolve um, traffic congestion, I think this particular area is, is an important part of the action plan. So that's why it's going to be located as close as we can to that junction. Thank you. Just, as long as the other measures, it's fine. Yeah, okay, fine. Thank you. Can I move that this be, be adopted? Yes, you certainly can. Does that find a seconder? Yeah. Councillor Chambers, thank you very much. Uh, no further comments. We'll go to the vote on this one. All in favour, please show. Thank you very much. That application is approved. We now move on to item 4.7, which is application UTT16-0024. It's a householder application at Great Dunmo. It was deferred from the last meeting, and Mrs Jones will take us through the presentation. Uh, this application was deferred from the Planning Committee meeting March the 9th. Um, this related to the physical proximity of the proposed extension to the Council's street services depot, which abuts the site. That's here. Um, comments have been the corporate health and safety officers' comments have been circulated within the SUP reps and it has been pointed out that there has not been any previous accidents of this nature in the last three decades at this site. Uh, there is no covenant proposed that would restrict the erection of the proposed extension, and as such, the proposal is recommended for conditional approval um, as per the report at the meeting on March the 9th. Thank you, Mrs Jones. Any comments, members? We have no speakers. Um, yes, yes Councillor Yes, uh, Nigel, do you think you could remind me if there was a, the, why this is deferred again, um, please? Right. <laughs> Last time, um, I think we all got it in our head that this, extent, this land that was being transferred from the depot to the applicant was based upon it being an exclusion zone. So because of what happened was the driver backed into the fence, which backed, in, or backed into a wall, which backed into property. There's no such thing. It was not going to be an exclusion zone. We did a health and safety audit of the site, risk assessment, and the, the assessment came out that the best way forward was for them to drive more carefully, as opposed to having an exclusion zone. So therefore, the exclusion zone was a red herring. So we are not allowing an extension in a location which was previously put forward as, a, as an exclusion zone. So that was the reason why. So it was deferred last time because members felt that we were likely be approving an extension in an area which we were setting aside as an exclusion zone, which, which okay, was not a planning matter, but that was the reason why you deferred it. But it is not an exclusion zone. The health and safety check that's been happening on the site didn't require there to be an exclusion zone between the depot and uh, where, the extension, where, the, where the existing house is. So the extension doesn't fall foul of any of those. Councillor Chambers. 
Propose approval, Mr Chairman. Thank you, Councillor Chambers. That find the second. Councillor Hicks, thank uh, you. Could I ask, Chairman, um, is there, I, I seem to remember the last time this came before us, there was a discussion about whether the land had, uh, ownership of the land had in fact been transferred from UDC to the uh, applicants. And uh, uh, I think at that time the answer was no, it had not. Um, it was still a UDC land. Is, has that changed? Uh, it, it, and if so, is it relevant to our relevant, um, no. deliberations? Yes, please, uh, please. Uh, I'm afraid I don't deal with conveyancing and I can't answer that question. Uh, Catherine Nicholson, who does, sits at her office down the uh, corridor. I can go and ask her if that's what you would like. Uh, just checking the relevance. Is really. it material? It's, to it's, not, it's not relevant whatsoever, no. to be quite frank. No. Unless the transfer doesn't take place. If the but if the transfer doesn't take place, then the, the applicant won't build his extension, to be frank. It's, it's not something no. that ownership is something that is absolutely relevant in terms of planning. So, yeah. But they've served, the necessary notices, yeah. they've served the necessary notices on the council, and, just, and that happens on quite a lot of developments that we've dealt with, whereby they, the applicant doesn't necessarily own the land. Yes, Councillor Hicks. May I, in a second, uh, Councillor Chambers? I'd already noted you as it because you shoved your hand up. And I just... <laughs> so, yes, you are the official seconder. So, all those in favour, please show. Uh, you're, you're seven, and seven, 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 seven. And no abstention. So, that matter is approved. Thank you. Uh, item five on the agenda is a tree order or tree removal, and uh, Mr Brown is going to take us through that. Yeah, this is uh, a notification application. The site lies within a conservation area, a water conservation area. The, an application has been, been submitted. The notification, the way it works in the conservation areas, they notify us that they want to fell a tree, and we must, within a period of time, uh, confirm whether or not the tree is TPOable. Uh, it is a hornbeam tree uh, within page 98. The tree officer has confirmed the tree is not of a TPOable nature, and so therefore we, therefore we are raising no objections to it being failed. Uh, well, happy to take questions. Are there any questions? Councillor Lockham. Well, it's a statement, really. I just think it's a shame this tree just happens to be in the way of a CCTV camera. I wonder if I wanted to put... Uh, I mean, I do have protected trees in my garden. Some are, some aren't. If I wanted to put a CCTV up, would the councillor uh, allow me to, uh, to chop down a tree because it happened to be in the way? I'm not sure. I'm not happy about this. It's a 30-year-old tree. It might not be... I don't know. I haven't seen it, but... Uh, you know, it just seems a shame because there's a camera needs to be there. Couldn't it, couldn't the, can't the camera be moved? Yeah, can't the camera be moved somewhere else so we can save the life of this tree? It's, it's, it's not for this place about the CCTV cameras. <laughs> just because you're asking us to knock no, down no, a tree no, to get rid of a we tree. Are, we are confirming the tree is not TPOable. Uh, it's not preservable in terms of it's not, a, it's not a brilliant specimen or example of a tree of this nature. And that's the only judgment that we, can take, we, we have to take. And we have to rely, quite rightly, on our expert tree officer's judgment on that particular issue. The, the merits of why the tree is coming down, well, you know, if it's us that's doing it, that's for another place. Uh, but for this particular issue, we, the, the judgment is only is the tree of a TPOable status, and it, and it isn't. 
But the only thing I'd say is, if the tree has got to come down, can I have the wood, please, because it burns beautifully. <laughs> Councillor Hicks. Propose approval, Chairman. Thank you very much. Does that find a seconder? Uh, Councillor Chambers, thank you. Um, any further comments to revise Councillor Lodge? I think the, the, tree, the tree is a very nice specimen from my amateur point of view. Uh, I don't think it should come down. And if, uh, if the only reason is for a better view of a CCTV camera, then move the camera and I shall yeah. oppose this. Okay. Any further comment? No? Okay, well, let's go to the vote. We've got a propose, uh, yeah, proposal and a seconder for allowing the removal of the Hornbeam tree at Swan Meadow Car Park. All those in favour? Those against? Four. <laughs> 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 councillor, councillor, spare that tree. I'm sorry the tree's going. I'll stay with my oh, original thing. So that matter is confirmed as approved. Thank you. Well, item six on the agenda is planning obligations. Uh, any comments on those? Any questions of the officers that we need to find further information? We're all reading them now for the third time. Right. No, then we'll move on. Thank you to any urgent business. There is none. Um, so thank you very much for your attention today. It was a tricky one on Stansted, but we got through that quite well, I thought, in the end. So. Meeting closed at 24 minutes past four. Thank you.